Kaianos, Kaianos, fresh tongues, Kaianos, fresh tongues. A new depth, a new fountain, a new depth, a new fountain, Kaianos. Second Corinthians chapter three. Second Corinthians chapter three. 7 Corinthians chapter 3. I want to show you something about the glory of God. You see, now, where we prayed with, where Moses was telling, um, he was telling God that, ah, you have not told us who you are sending up with us. You see, it is in seasons like this that you must settle those matters. It is something that is indispensable if you want to walk correctly. Because there are many resources that you need to prosecute your life and destiny. Are you with me now? So, Moses knew this thing well. You see, just like he said, this is a man that has seen the miraculous in a mighty way. Signs and wonders and manifestations of the Spirit. He saw God divide the Red Sea and they walked through the dry ground. But a time came... And he knew that even though he has seen signs and wonders and manifestations of God around his life, that in particular what it takes to fully prosecute his destiny cannot be captured in those things that he saw. There is something more that is needed. Hmm? Because he has seen that um, uh, the delivery, if you want to deliver on your destiny, I will tell you now. Your destiny came from the realm of eternity. As a matter of fact, your destiny is an offshoot of God himself. So if it's true that you will prosecute your destiny to its fullest potential, then the only resource, the only resource you need to prosecute your destiny is God himself. That is why anything that you receive that is less of that will stop on the way. It doesn't matter what it is. After some time, you find out that that resource is incapable to fully execute your destiny. So after Moses have seen signs and wonders, a time came and he said, uh-uh, you have not told us whom you are sending with us. Are you hearing with me? I'm telling you that I know that God sent you to do something in this life. He has a purpose agenda. <laughs> he even appeared to you and said, so, 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 dead. I will do this, I will do that. Don't go anywhere until he, he has told you whom he will what? Send with you. I have, as I've said many times, that there are two revelations of this season. He that is what? And they that are with us. So, you have to understand these two key things. Don't go anywhere. So when Moses asked that question, to show you that it's actually a reality, because there is a way you will interact with God in deep waters. You, the, the prayer points and requests you make, you make on God is different from what other people make. You are a man that is um, steeped in experience in the realm that is um, shrouded in mysteries. Your words cannot be understood by a normal man. They will think you are just wasting time, or they will think that this, is, this doesn't mean much. In their own mind, things should be captured in the sense that, 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 that can be understood with anything that is physical. So when a man came and said, you have not told us whom you will send with us. Uh-uh. If you were there, you will wonder. Because Moses have seen it all. Eh? And he is not talking about an army. So what is he talking about? Out of all the men that is in Israel, Israeli camp that time, he is, I think there are a few men, if not only him, that understood what that statement meant. This man has stayed with God for long. 
and he understood what is what is more important are you with me now follow me so as we journey in god not many things will matter to us again one of the signs that you have journeyed deeper in god is that you will be re- your emphasis will reduce even in the pursuit of god there are many encumbrance encumbrances that people have even in their pursuit of god they count it as if they are, it is part of the required equipment in joining in God, not knowing that that thing is actually a, a, a love that is placed on you. When you get into the deep waters, you now start asking the questions that great men ask. Look at Moses, he's a, he's a patriarch. The first king of Jeshua. Moses never sat, he's not a prophet. I know you think he's a prophet. Well, that's what people call him, so we can say he's a prophet. But Moses is a king. So he has interacted in the realm of the spirit. And he has stayed before the courts of heaven. He has interfaced in the true room. And he has seen what is important there and how they do errands in that place. How they execute destinies in that place. How they execute the will of God. And he knows that God cannot, are you with me now? God cannot send a man on a purpose, on an agenda, on a mission without sending him with the requisite equipment that it takes to execute it. It is not God that sent you. That is what Jesus told them in the book of um, in the New Testament, in the book of Luke, chapter 24, verse 49. He said, What? Tarry until you are what? Corrupted. Because it is not God that sent you if you are not sent with something to prosecute that. I'm not doubting that God sent you. That's not my... I'm saying, have you re- received the requisite support? There are support systems in God that it takes for a man to prosecute his destiny. Eh? And I'm telling you, it's not about anointing. It's not about money. It's not about... Those are, those are not the important things. After Moses had dealt with God in the high places, he knew that he's not anointed. He knew eh, that he's not money. He knew he's not people. As much as you think he can be crowd, he knew he knew he wasn't that. <laughs> That's when he now made a cry. He said, Take us not up hands if what your presence go not with us. The greatest resource you need to prosecute your destiny, your life on earth, is what said the presence. You don't yet know how much this statement we made means. The greatest resource, the most important resource, the fundamental resource that you need to prosecute your destiny on earth is the presence of God. Moses said, don't bother sending me because me, I won't go. If your presence doesn't go, you, you. <laughs> we see many people in the body of Christ and in Nigeria, in, they are trying to execute their destiny without the presence. And a man, are you with me? I'm still going to a place because in that book of 2 Corinthians chapter 3, from verse 13 or thereabout, God began to, Paul began to make a statement and reveal to us that even that which Moses saw, Eh? was a glory that is fading away you are not getting the point even in those times the glory that is fading away is so important that the man cannot go up without that one backing him how much more in these times 
remember the scripture says that that Christ in you is the hope of glory. This is what it means. It means that God is expecting something from you. Are you with me now? For every believer, God is expecting something. What is he expecting? Say glory. Now, the only way for God to get that glory out of your life is to install Christ. So, the installations of Christ in a believer is the only, is the only sure assurance that glory will come out of that life. And this is the glory that never fades away. So he said that Christ in you is what the hope of glory. Because the every resource that it takes to run a life, run a destiny, run something that is in, in line with God's purpose, agenda, something that is sustaining him from time immemorial, eh? it takes only glory to prosecute that destiny. That's the point I'm trying to make to you. I'm trying to show you. Because it, Moses have, are you with me now? The reason why you don't know is because you have not interfaced in the course of heaven long enough. If you do business in deep waters, hmm, one of the things Moses found out in that place is that God can give you many things, but he won't give you his glory. He can give you the miraculous. He won't give you, give you the gifts of the spirits. Give you anointing. Give you money. Give you many things. But he won't give you the glory. So Moses was shocked. He thought that he, he had seen the burning bush. He threw down his rod. You know, people say his rod. is No, it's not rod. As good as the rod is. The strength of the rod was because he was inside the ark. Where the presence dwells. It was inside that place that the, the rod of Moses, the rod of Aaron, budded. It takes the presence to grant authority to the rod. Don't say you have a rod. You don't have any rod. We know men that have stature by the weight of the presence that they carry. Even the rod that they are wielding receives this life and capacity based on the fact that it, it has stayed long enough in that presence to the point that your rod has bothered. Your rod has not bothered because he has not stayed in the presence long enough. When the rod stays there long enough, it will burn. And then from your scepter, you will rule. Our intent is to bring God in our territory. The rule of righteousness rained down by a mighty wave of revival. And this cannot be possible until men carry scepters. Scepters handed to them from heaven. And these things are not possible except you have your own. That's what I'm saying. The, the authority that God granted in the times that we have entered into because of the installation of Christ Jesus is, is something that is universal. Are you with me now? It is Catholic in, in, in concept. Eh? In the sense that you have the capacity to assess what I can assess. So the, the way God did it is to install Christ in you. Are you with me? So for every believer, God installed Christ in you. And that installation of Christ granted you authority. Eh? The representation of raw is authority. The challenge is that, haven't you noticed that your authority level is low? It's because your rod has not stayed in the presence. There is a weight that will rest on it. What happens is that after some time, it will burn and life will come into it. <laughs> when Moses now asks and says, If I have found grace in thy sight. You see, let me tell you. You know when Jesus said, 
when a man found a treasure, a man was walking and found a, a, a treasure eh, in a field and he sold everything he had and bought it. What does he mean? You know, it's a parable. What does he mean? That's, that, what, what, what is that treasure and what is that field? Hmm? Christ in you, the hope of glory. What is that treasure and what is that field? There is an installation and expectation of glory that God has handed down to every man that is born in Christ. So, uh, are you with me now? There is a field. There is only one place that that possibility of treasure can be laid hold on. Eh? It is a, a location. A location called Christ. So what God does is that he brings Christ and stores it in you. He knows that an accurate interaction with Christ we release glory. The treasure is that glory, what is installed in Christ. So you can't get that glory except you are found in, in Christ. Are you with me now? Remember that the glory is the ultimate thing. Because after Moses have done everything, he said, Oh God, I found Christ. Show me your glory. He used his stature with God, his faithfulness with God. He used everything he had at him as a man that have walked in obedience and in alignment for years and leveraged it for glory. A man found a treasure and he sold everything he had and bought it. These are men that understood what is more important. That is why we bring you to places like this so that you interact with in deep waters. After some time, your test board, spiritual test board, will be recalibrated. And then the things that matter to you before will not matter again. Because something has happened, a, a trans, transmutation a, has taken place in your spirit. And then you now leverage, you leverage your anointing for the glory. You leverage your spiritual gifts for your glory. You leverage everything, even those you have in God for glory. I'm not talking about the one. I'm not talking about Mammon and all that. I'm saying Moses is an anointed man. He saw the burning bush. He saw the recipe parted into two. He saw the, the river turned into blood. These are the things that men count as high things. And they have rather no, no, no. After all these things, he came to a point. The man leveraged it for the glory. What is what is this? A man saw a field, and inside that field is a treasure, priceless in, 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 in measure, in, in quality. And he said he sold everything, he leveraged everything he had. Moses said, If I found great See how I've walked faithfully before you on these days of life. Don't leave me like this. Show me your glory. Reveal your glory to me, O God. That in the beholding I might become as you God. I leverage my anointing. I leverage my gifts. I leverage all my for adventure, oh God, that you show me. Men that do business with God in deep waters know what matters. After many years, after staying in that place for 40 days, you now knew 
He now knew that God can give you anything. But He can't give you His glory. He can't joke with it. He can't. And the scripture says in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 3, He said that even that one that Moses leveraged for, He said is a glory that is fading away. Moses leveraged everything for a glory that, that is what? Say, fading away. Imagine. How much more you? The installation of the glory that is now put inside of you on the account of, the, on the account of Jesus residing in your heart. Christ Jesus residing in your heart is the eternal glory. This one is a glory that gets better by interaction. Are you with me now? It is the glory that is measured in weight. Say weight. Ah. So I'm trying to tell you that even when you enter into the regions of this precious treasure, there are measures in it. The scripture says in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 13, it said, show me your glory. When you now begin to behold, you see, are you with me now? The weight that you carry as it pertains to the glory of God is dependent on what you are beholding. The weight you are beholding, you cannot be, 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 become beyond what, what you are beholding. You see, I'm trying to tell you that the scripture says, eh? as we behold his glory, like in a mirror, his face, like in a mirror, we are changed into the same image from glory to what? That means there is one weight, and there is another weight, and there is another weight, and there is another weight. The transformation and your capacity to interface with this glory, the manifestation and the, the, the substance that is ministered into your spirit man, and the consequent manifestation is dependent on the level of glory that you are beholding. Are you with me now? The scripture says that there is a possibility to behold at this level of glory. And there is another possibility to... Another possibility. Waits and waits. You can decide to stop here. That's why we cry every day. Show me your glory. The wait I saw yesterday is not enough. I know that there is an exhaustless capacity in you. The expectation of God in your life is the expectation that Christ can, can deliver. Are you with me now? You are not getting the point. God installed Christ in you. That's what I'm telling you. And by that installation, that means, are you with me? Christ in you, the hope of glory, means that God installed Christ in you, expecting glory. Hmm? So, you cannot settle like this. That's what I'm telling you. Because the expectation in your life is the expectation that Christ can minister. To, to what extent do you think that the reality, that installation of Christ, to what extent do you think he can walk in your members and through your members? What do you think that installation can bring? Eh? What, what do you think is the capacity of that installation in you? What possibilities do you think that installation has? What do you think is the mandate of that installation? It's a sustenance. So the scripture says, it is possible that you are beholding that at a particular level of glory, but it's telling you that there is a possibility. In fact, there is an expectation. Are you with me now? Of you. You don't know what it means for Christ to be studying you. Said that the man Moses eh, leveraged everything he had to, to behold the glory that will fade away. 
to behold the glory that people cover their faces. But these days we open with unveiled faces. Those days, if you behold, you die. The days have come. I was doing you service those days. And God came to me and told me that the days are coming again. When men will behold the face of the risen Son of God. And they will not die, they will live. Because the intent of beholding this time around in the new covenant is not for you to behold and die. It's for you to behold and bear witness of the things our eyes have seen, our hands have touched. We have looked upon it and our, we have handled it. The word of truth. We bring witness concerning those matters. Matters that there is no human being that has the capacity to delve into it, you die. But because of the installation of Christ, we now have capacity to interact with glory in such a way that it cannot kill us, but it can make us a witness. Are you with me now? Glory is supposed to kill you, but because it is installed in a, in a different, uh, uh, with a different technology, that technology is called Christ. When it enters into you, instead of killing you, it makes you a witness. It makes you, it makes you a different kind of being. A certain kind of being that only Christ can become. Are you with me now? You are changed. You are, you are continuing to be changed. Continue to be changed. The target of that transformation is that you will become what you are beholding. So that the time will come, the witness capacity that you carry cannot be different from the witness capacity that that insulation in you should, should be able to deliver on. How much more can Christ deliver in us if we will be able to interact with the glory that is in us, the glory that can never fade? Moses leveraged everything, every single thing. But there is a time that has come. And God has installed Christ Jesus in us and said, Christ in you. What? The hope of God. So the expectation from your life is what? Say glory. And you see, God will be unjust to expect glory from you if he has not installed Christ in you. Because there is only one possibility for you to lay hold on glory, the one that can't fade away. Eh? It is only in and through Christ. In fact, the one that Moses leveraged everything is the one that is passing away. No wonder the scripture now says that Christ is the sum of all things. Come on, lift up your hands. Just ask God, I want to behold a higher level, a higher level. A higher level. Let a new weight be released in my spirit. I cannot die like this. I can't die like this. Your expectation in my life is true. The expectation on your life is the expectation on Christ. Because what is installed in you is Christ. Christ in you, the hope of glory. (laughs) 
Ashimaya, Kamenon Takra Batahasele, Romo Labakae, Kesh Kamai Lemo, Saif Lebo, Kai, 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 Andele <laughs> Shamana Kaprena Patabala. In Jesus' mighty name we pray.